Welcome to season two of the Digitalization and Diversity Podcast, a show that tells personal stories and digital journeys of diverse people. My name is Adya and I am your host. Hey everyone, welcome back to season two of the Digitalization and Diversity Podcast. Today is a special episode because not only are we halfway through the new season, but today I have a special guest on the show, my best friend from engineering school, Prasiddhi Menon, who lives in a different continent today and with whom I have been in a long distance friendship for more than 10 years. Prasiddhi and I could do a full episode just on how we have used digitalization and technology to stay in touch and maintain our friendship. But the topic we're more excited to talk about is diversity, diversity in data science, big tech, and Google. Prasiddhi is a data scientist at Google with over nine years of experience in machine learning, statistical modeling, business intelligence, and consulting. Prior to joining Google, Prasiddhi worked as a senior data science consultant with Ernst & Young, focusing on financial crime and specializing in anti-money laundering. She also worked as a data scientist at Deloitte and co-founded a marketing analytics startup earlier in her career. Prasiddhi is from Bangalore and she will be transitioning to New York City soon. Prasiddhi, welcome to the DD podcast. I think I know almost everything about the main milestones in your life, but could you share a little bit more about yourself with the listeners? What was your professional journey like and how did you end up in your current role at Google? Hi, Adya. First of all, I would like to thank you for the opportunity and this is a great catch-up session for us too. So about my professional journey, I think it's been extremely interesting and exciting. And a lot of people have reached out to me asking, how did I end up with the data science role at Google? While I have learned and grown a lot over the last decade in my career, I think luck was a major factor in me landing my current role. I actually wasn't even looking for a job switch when a Google recruiter reached out to me on LinkedIn. And a year later, I was able to join as a full-time employee. It's amazing to see the power of digital platforms and LinkedIn, especially in terms of creating opportunities and creating job opportunities. And you and I have had a similar starting path into our early professional careers before we transitioned into different fields. So I moved into business management and strategy consulting with a key focus on technology and digitalization shortly after engineering school. And my motivation was to grow my business and leadership skills, which I felt that my rather technical education at that time did not fully prepare me for. But I'm curious to know, how was your path like? And what motivated you to make the transition from the engineering field into data science? While doing my engineering, I tried various career options and have interned in over half a dozen unique roles, including uh, from an HR role, telecom, data analytics, and software engineering. And post that, I realized that data and analytics and a consulting profile is where I wanted to start my career. 
over the years i was able to grow and develop my data science skill to a level where i was full time into a data science role and identified my path forward so that was my transition from engine uh, telecommunication engineering to a more data science role yeah that's interesting because you have worked with with different kind of teams right so you work with both the regional focus teams as well as more global and more diverse teams in that sense do you see any big differences in working styles and behaviors between the two from a diversity and inclusion point of view that is a very interesting question so uh, through my career i have worked primarily with multinational companies but i have also noticed that there's a huge difference in regional focused teams and their work culture compared to a team which itself is global and diverse as opposed to the company level global diversity both have their pros and cons while working with india only teams because my regional experience has primarily been based on india both teams as well as management have an inherent cultural or moral bias that creeps in unintentionally a lot of times while working with diverse teams i realized that everyone involved is way more sensitive about these aspects and are more aligned with company policies than personal judgment that being said working with diverse team also means everyone is putting in the extra effort to actively make sure there's a feeling of belonging across everyone in the team you made a very good point about biases because i remember that when we started engineering school we were still among the minority of women that time even though the faculty of electronics and telecommunication engineering was still represented by a greater share of women as opposed to other disciplines like mechanical engineering which constituted mainly a male population and i remember the interviews for internships and jobs at that time there was hardly any representation of women interviewers and women in the recruiting processes and research also suggests that actually only 15% of data scientists are women and fewer than 3% are actually women of color and the biases start from the initial phases of the employee life cycle as well right from sourcing and recruiting and there is a lot that technology can do today to help make workplaces more fair and more equitable and diverse and i know it for example from a shipping and logistics company called uh, maersk which is traditionally a male dominated industry but they have been eliminating bias from their recruitment processes by introducing and partnering with a gaming studio for example and this online game basically makes sure that the hiring managers are capable and are trained to avoid cognitive biases so it basically goes through the recruitment process accompanies the users and nudges them wherever the software thinks that there might be a bias whether it comes to using more gendered language or um, biases which it thinks that the particular user has during this whole recruiting process and of course you work at google and do you see that there are steps being taken by google to address biases which happen especially during the hiring and the recruiting process i have actually been an active part of hiring over the last couple of months 
even beyond the training and sessions with the agile recruitment team directly to it. Uh, there are a lot of other steps Google takes to ensure that everyone receives a fair and unbiased interview experience. The systems in place do a very good job of keeping everyone in check, something as small as using gender neutral terms to be for an example. While entering feedback in the systems, the system automatically flags any gender-specific terms and we are strongly encouraged and to be able to submit a feedback only with neutral terms used to explain the interview itself. I think that the use of inclusive language is, is so, so important. And that's also something which is which doesn't come so intuitively. It really needs to be learned. It needs to be exercised and practiced every day. And I'm still learning a lot about not just common terminology, which should be used, but also the kind of statements and words which might still be serving as even microaggressions to, to certain groups of people. And if you, if you look at the broader scope of diversity and inclusion, how is Google addressing this overall scope and this overall trend of diversity and inclusion in the workplace, which has gained more traction in the last two to three years? I kind of have a biased view on the diversity and inclusion at a team level itself because I work with an extremely diverse team. My team has done a very good job to make sure, every team as well as management has done a very good job to make sure that everyone has a feeling of belonging, everyone is more aware of their surroundings, what they're doing, and not having any inherent biases there. But that being said, I think a lot of the bigger companies, be it Google, be it Deloitte, have taken a lot of steps over the last decade itself to address diversity and inclusion. I don't think they're hopping on the bandwagon of the trend of diversity and inclusion that's happening right now. So I think they have done a pretty good job over many, many years to get to where we are right now. And when it comes to the whole Google suite of applications and products, I myself use the, the whole range of Google products and services quite exhaustively throughout my daily life. And of course, the main ones which I use are like Gmail and like Google Drive, Maps, Calendar, Google Keep to make sure that I keep a lot of my notes and my ideas in place. And, and there are also like so many others as well, which I use and I interact with really on a regular basis. And I'm always like interested to know how can we better use the Google suite of products to actually even improve our own personal lives? So I've realized that I end up using a lot of the Google suite products in a day-to-day -day basis from my calendars to remind me about when I need to pay bills to using Google Maps for navigation, which is, I think, a more global aspect right now. Whenever I'm visiting a new city to explore the nearby options on Google Maps or using Google Drive and all the features within it, which has become now my personal storage area for everything. But I think in general, having the Google Suite so conveniently available to interlink it with each other makes organizing life a bit easier, be it a shopping list that you need to add on a checklist that you need or a drive where you just have all your documents in one place. So I think that's the most convenient part that has helped me. So I have to ask, I mean, you can only choose one, but if you had to choose one, what would be your favorite Google application? 
Uh, funnily, this was also one of my interview questions. So yeah, I, my favorite Google application is Google Maps, hands down. It helps with any kind of travel, any new place that I go, the easiest piece that has always helped me been handy has been Google Maps. Navigating through any new location, identifying the traffic, especially on deciding when I need to leave home or uh, planning my day around that. Google Maps has been, I think, my most used app. A lot of the times when it comes to using Google products, and maybe I can probably generalize it and say that any kind of like digital products, digital apps, the first thought about data privacy usually chips in and data privacy, data sharing. I myself got more conscious and felt the need to better inform myself what data I am actually sharing and go back and check the settings of all the apps on my phone and update the restrictions to to my photos, for example, and all the personal data. What is your advice for someone who is concerned about data privacy and data protection issues when it comes to adopting and using a digital tool or a digital application? I think data privacy is a major concern for everyone at the moment, both for the users as well as the companies who own data and to use it responsibly. While I do know that there are a lot of checks that go in place behind the scenes because I want to see what happens there, there is a lot of uh, care that goes in to use user data itself and not use rather. And But that being said, using data online Across any platform, I think everyone needs to be a bit conscious about how much they want to reveal and give back. Who do they want to give access to what? And just looking back at your career, right? So we talked about the the transition path. We talked about the relevance of data diversity and inclusion in this space, about tech, all the different opportunities, which also digitalization can create in terms of diversity and inclusion. And of course, now there's also the diversity of age, especially when it looks like a lot of the Gen Z population is already entering into the workforce quite early on and have a very different perspective to how they want to grow their career and what they expect from their employers, especially on the tech firms. What advice would you give to a Gen Z citizen who is looking to start a career in tech or even in data science? To be honest, I think uh, the entire tech industry changes very, very quickly. Like what worked for me three years ago is completely different from what's happening right now. That being said, few things that I've noticed that works in the tech industry itself is social presence, using your digital platforms actively. LinkedIn specifically, that work for me is something that I would encourage everyone to actively use, grow your network not just so uh, online, but even otherwise, that helps a lot. Yeah, that would be my major takeaway. Yeah, that's a really good advice because I think the Gen Z right now is always very open to all kinds of opportunities and just being open also to opportunities in tech, right? With increasing representation is also something to look out for. Thanks a lot for the great conversation, Prasiddhi. 
and I wish you a smooth move to New York and a lot of success in your career. Thanks also for coming to the show and sharing all of the insights. Thank you, Adya. It was, this was actually a great experience. So thank you. Thanks also to the listeners for listening in. I would be happy to hear your thoughts on the episode. So if you have any feedback, please reach out to me on LinkedIn or Instagram. And if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please do leave a review. Join me for the next episode as we dig deeper into another topic at the intersection of visualization and diversity. Till next time.